What light through yonder window breaks? It is ye old tale time podcast, the podcast where we, your loyal subjects, readeth thine carefully woven yarns, backeth to thee in thine mostest jovial and enchanting custom. We are utterly dedicated to you, my lord, even now as we sitteth in the belly of this dreaded dragon beast that we attempted to slay, so we may have prepared a royal feast for today's fair-haired and charming guest, Kayla Lance. We are your hosts. I am King Andrew of Tale Time Topia. To the left of me is the dim-witted, humpbacked squire, dumb enough to leave the dragon bait uncovered. <laughs> Jakin Jacob Jukud Brainspew. And to the right of me is the knight who thought he could kill a dragon with impressive carfax, Sir Daniel of Palmeria. <laughs> Our fourth host, what, what Jeff. What is that? <laughs> that was a Honda. Huh. Listen. Don't hate on Hondas. This is the Middle Ages, so they haven't invented cars yet. Kayla, you're starting off bad. (laughs) Get it out of your system. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't work the first time against the dragon, won't work now. Our fourth host, Jeff, ventured down the dastardly beast's small intestines in the hopes of escaping our unfortunate quandary. Let us hope the poor wretch has not been digested. Thank you, Lady Kayla, for joining us today. Our hats are off to you, madam. Thank you, thank you for having me. And please excuse the dark and dreary abode. Uh, Had we known your boyfriend was a lousy knight, we would have surely just adjourned inside the castle walls. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Why do you still have your hat on? (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. It's really dark inside this this stomach of the dragon, so I just didn't... And I'm like really far away, so I didn't think she would notice. Oh, that makes sense. Um, since it's up to you, since our, you're our lovely guest today, and since it's Jake's fault that we are actually in this dragon. Um, All right, you know Jacob. what? I thought of an appropriate punishment. Um, that you, well, it, what's it worse than to, being inside the dragon's stomach? I don't know. <laughs> what are you going to make me swim like to his like, colon area so I have to like smell his colon? Slowly being eaten by dragon stomach acid. I, I think what is is this the es- esophagus? Is this where we are? Right we're uh, I think we're in a stomach being um, juiced, juiced, so to say. Just to let everyone know at home, uh, we're holding on to the throat with our where our hands and our legs are extended and we're gripping the sides of the throat. Um, Dan is expertly balancing all the podcasting equipment on his stomach. Thank you, Dan, for doing that. Thanks, Dan. You're welcome. Abs is steel. Yeah. Good thing he was carrying it while... Uh, we were trying to like, yeah, try to get off. Was, you know? uh, well, you never know when you might yeah. want a podcast, so we really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was Final definitely. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't know who was worse, you or Dan, because Dan was there just making car noises, <laughs> holding all the podcast <laughs> equipment, and I feel like... Into the microphone. At least you kind of were, you know, you're behind a tree, like throwing sand in the, in the dragon's eye and stuff. But yeah. I mean, it was an cool. attempt. Yeah, it, it almost hit him. It was kind of tall, you know. Rather, right. But I mean, it's our first dragon. Yeah. You know, can't really blame us. Can't win them all. As he says, blaming everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, since you're our lovely guest and it's uh, Squire Jacob's fault that we are here, um, it is up to you if you want to make Jacob say the word zounds. Uh, zounds. In every single one of his sentences. Mm. Zounds is an uh, old English word. I like it. At yeah. the end of every what sentence? Does it mean? At, what, in any sentence you want. Or like right in the middle? Oh, you're going to make it specific. That is cruel, my lady. <laughs> Zounds. Zounds. Okay, so either start or finish a sentence with that word. Okay, I'll do my best. Zounds. 
Nice. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm not being tortured enough, you know, oh. holding Andrew up while he grips the throat. Is that where you are? Of... I can't see. I was, I'm in, actually... I was in the middle. I'm in the middle. Well, Dan's in the middle. It's bottom. dark in here. You're, I don't know where down you are, actually. I'm on Dan's shoulders. You're below me. Holding, I can't see. I'm holding, looking up. I'm just looking up. I I'm think holding that's the you. Mouth. You're standing on my shoulders. You're I'm holding, holding me? Yeah. Where, where I can then see. why am I holding onto the throat? I don't understand. I don't to, need to do that. You're trying to like climb out, and then Kayla's gonna like <laughs> climb up all of us to like crawl out, and maybe I don't know. So, so I'm should, still at the bottom. Should I let go right now? I don't. <laughs> it's super. You'll like. Are you holding me right now? Is that yes. what you're saying? So don't make any crazy move. I'm just gonna hold on. Sound, 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 sound. I have to make up for all my. <laughs> well, since we're here, we might as well just tell you about our sponsors. Um, oh yeah, I was saying that because you know, since I'm not being tortured enough, holding everyone up, mm -hmm. I might as well say sounds. You might as well. as well make sure you have some enthusiasm Zounds. with it too. Sounds. <clears throat> there you go. Oh, good. <laughs> Uh, before we get started, we would like to thank a few people for their help with this podcast. The book, Payson Method Piano, Payson Method Teaches Creativity. Matthew Hayducky, the very talented artist over at rebrand.ly forward slash duckster18. Matt, you should really make a website. And Nick Palmer, the very talented everyman at parablemedia.format.com. Um, we're all very excited for when they create the internet a thousand years from now. <laughs> so our special guest today is Miss Kayla Lance. Tell us a little bit about yourself, fair lady. Hmm. I'm an occupational therapist. I work with uh, old people, which is fabulous because I get to, uh, you know, make jokes all day long and listen to them tell their stories, which if you want a, a good story, talk to somebody who's 90 years old and they'll tell you everything you could ever wish for. Um, yeah. What else do you want to know? Um, some favorite hobbies, some things you like to do in your spare time. Mm, I like to read and write and go running, <laughs> um, and Red hang poetry. out. Hey, yeah. Poetry. Yeah. When I get around to it, doesn't always happen. I feel like this is the <laughs> list on the old Tinder. That uh, is, I like it Tinder. to hike. I like it to write and read its books. <laughs> uh, that's, that's really cool. Um, and then hang out with this goober over here. I'm a goober. Yes. Full disclosure. Uh, uh, Sir Daniel, would you mind telling the people at home who this lovely lady actually is? Her relation to you. Uh, this lady's my girlfriend. <laughs> We you have a girlfriend? Sounds, sounds, sounds. Before we get started, maybe we could, could we get the um, abridged version of this lovely budding romance? We met on Hinge, so that was um, really romantic. Then we got Dairy Queen, that just put it over the edge. Dang, dude, sounds like you sounded yeah. her. Then we went to the beach and watched the sunset, and I sang Sublime. <laughs> That was really it. That's really wow. That's wow. even the he last wooed part? me sunset on a beach on a blanket with Dairy Queen, with Dairy Queen and his lovely acoustic version of Sublime. Yep. Did you bring up? I didn't. He didn't. No. He didn't. Either. Lyle. He used to sing Lear. Sublime I songs. Sucks mm, <laughs> suck. <laughs> now look where I am. Deep wedged within a dragon. So yes, Miss Kayla, um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into your profession? Hmm. Well, that's actually an interesting story. I didn't know that I wanted to be an OT until 
my sophomore year of college. Um, I was switching majors. I was first originally a psych major, and I was thinking about social work. Um, but then my social worker at the time actually told me that it was not the best profession to get into. Um, so that's what caused me to change my profession or my major. Um, so I went to Sacred Heart Health Sciences and um, decided to go pre-OT. Didn't know what I was getting myself into. Ended up to be lots uh, of studying. Lots of studying. Um, so yeah, that's how I ended up as an OT. And it was the best decision ever. Did you originally, did you, uh, going into college, did, is that kind of where you were heading sort of in like, you always wanted to help people out or is it, did you have like a different avenue at first? No, always wanted to work with people. Um, wanted to be a teacher first. And then I realized that working with children was job and I was not <laughs> about that life. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, social work too, again with children, but helping people, um, and then turned into OT. So always wanted to help people. This. No, the whole time. Zounds. 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 Yeah. So you forgot about your punishment. I think we need to bring that back in. Okay. I like Come the on. way she said that. That was kind of veering into another category. I was going to say, I'll, I'll, allow, I'll allow Jacob to be spanked. Oh. I think that was, <laughs> I mean, it is very dark in here, so I don't know. If someone's if cheek is getting slapped, there's a one in three chance no it's Jacob. So I don't. Move. Yeah. I would say just start blind firing. Just <laughs> just start slap start throwing off. slaps like around. Crawling your way up to the top, just like slapping <laughs> face. <laughs> My rock climbing skills there. Sounds. You know, it'd be great if we were all together in a line and then she just like, she got six cheeks. Like what? I don't understand how that. <laughs> You're all standing next to each other? That doesn't make any sense. But yeah, let's, uh, let's go back to you because that's really all that really matters here. Like some people can leave their work at the office. Mm. Do you go home and it's just like, it's a part of you, I feel like. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I take it home with me. I mean, I come home and I'll tell Dan's stories about some of my patients. Um, I think the only thing that kind of gets to me is sometimes I'll find... A connection with one of my patients and it'll remind me of my dad and just like some of his characteristics so that kind of like makes me sad and makes me care for them more um but I don't necessarily let it come home with me and I think maybe if anything it helps me work harder and give more of what I do I have has you know, obviously in a, in a job like that, in a profession like that, I'm sure you hear a lot of interesting stories and things that, you know, different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Is there anything like that you would like to share or anything? Or? One of my patients, she was probably 95 or late 90s. Um, we were in the bathroom one morning helping her brush her hair and get dressed. And she's telling me how she met her husband. And she actually was walking down the street with a couple of her friends. And her husband was working on a house. And she saw him. He saw her. And he was like, hey, how are you? Good. How are you? And then that's it. They just went on a date. They found each other attractive. Probably took her out for ice cream in the carnival. And then they got married. That's amazing. I feel like that doesn't, that is the exception, not the norm now. I oh, mean, how many? Yeah. Do no, you, when, that definitely does not happen anymore. Never. Squire Jacob, when you're courting a fair maiden, <laughs> it's, do you, it's so much different back then. My grandmother, the way that she met her husband, it was like, it was literally the same thing. Like, so he was a, uh, he was a, uh, a soldier, an American soldier, uh, in France at the time. And, 
he was uh, talking in, he knew German. He was talking to, uh, in German to actually some German soldiers, I think, at the time. Um, and uh, I don't know how that, that played out, actually, but whatever. Um, my grandmother, I know, because you wouldn't really talk to like a German soldier, but mm-hmm. that's, that's how it was happening. Um, my grandmother also knew German, and he was like saying a joke, and he just, she laughed at it, right? Well, basically... You know, they kind of like hit it off, I guess. But like the dates would be be him just walking her home, and then like mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah. The dates were just him walking her home, and then he went back home, and then sent a letter to France Aww. saying like, "Will you marry me?" And then was like, she just like shipped herself out to uh, the U.S. Yeah, dude, it was just what? it was so different back in the day. Wow. Like it was just. I wish you letter know? writing was more pertinent, like in today's society. Yeah, now it's like not as poetic, like you at all. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's funny that you say that. I feel like that's not viable. Like people think that's weird now. I don't. Yeah, no, because no, uh, it's not. Like I that. feel like oh. if you if if I didn't have a girlfriend and I'm walking down the street and I'm just like, hey, how are you? Immediately, somebody'd be like, ew, creep. Yeah, yeah. oh, no, like, for sure. You know, like it would just not go over well at all. Like yeah. or like. You see somebody in the coffee shop. Hey, how are you? Um, I'm trying to do something right now. Okay, like get away from me. Like, yeah. Well, all right. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> if it's not like unless you're in college and it's a social setting where it's like, oh, obviously people are gonna be flirting and stuff like right. that, or or some kind of maybe bar. But any anything other than that, it's like get away from me. I have mm-hmm. bear mates, please. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. So I. I I do think that there's like a certain romance in that and it's funny as I feel like people in bear mace? Uh yeah, bear macing can be a very romantic activity. Sure, yeah. Bear macing? Bear macing, yes. Especially after it stagnates for a while for married couples, <laughs> they haven't done anything new. It's just like Mason's try. Yeah, no, I got it. I just wasn't sure that's what wanna... we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? Did some of the uh, stomach acid drip on you as well? Yeah, we're, all on acid, right? we're all tripping on acid. We're all tripping on acid. Stomach acid. <laughs> Is there one injury or you know one thing that you kind of see yourself uh, having to deal with a lot? Is there you know one thing that I see the most right now? Yeah, I see the most. Yeah. Um, the setting that I'm in, you see dementia is like your overall diagnosis and then you have like your hip patients who have fallen and broken their hip you get your knee patients so all your ortho um and then every once in a while you get your stroke patients um which are awesome so cool to work with why do you say that so interesting i mean anything neuro there's so much that can go on so i mean with stroke you have different strokes that could occur in Mm -hmm. the brain so depending on where the stroke happened in the brain it presents differently. Um, so you can have somebody with hemiplegia, so they don't have use of one part or one side of their body. Yeah. Um, there's the neglect. So um, I remember in grad school, our professor telling us about one of the stroke patients that he was working with. And this patient woke up in the middle of the morning, like screaming and fighting. And when the nurses came in, they were like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And this guy goes, there's somebody in my bed. There's somebody in my bed. Like, get him out. Get him out. There's somebody in my bed. And it was his arm and his leg. And he had no idea that I was attached to his body. Wow. Oh, my Absolutely God. Absolutely no idea. He had yeah. no idea it was attached no to his body? No idea because those connections in the brain are not – those signals aren't That is sent. just so That's unreal. All right. Wait. Crazy. So, hold on. How does he deal with this now? Does has he accepted the fact that like this is how his body is, and now he just knows that that is part of his body, well, or does he always like kind of have anxiety like this? Well, 
it doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to be like that. So you can retrain the neurons and the muscles Dang. to work again. So you can use like electrical stimulation. You can use <clears throat> manual muscle training. Um, and obviously everybody's different. Not everybody recovers fu fully. Um, but you just try to bring awareness to that side of the body again. If it's uh, if you had the stroke on the right side, is it the left side that goes out? Or? Usually. Yeah. Yep. Okay. My dad had a stroke. Oh, um, no. But his was very um, mild. Um, so there's TIA, which is transient ischemic attack, which is just a smaller stroke in the brain. And sometimes you don't see those effects. Um, but like with him, he was holding his coffee cup and he went to go put it on the table and he missed the table and like mm -hmm. kind of lost fine motor skills. Um, so that's when they realized something was off and they went and then they did the brain scans and saw that the attacks were happening in the brain. Um, he ended up just having like poor fine motor coordination. Um, some of his word findings were off. So there's, again, different parts of the brain are affected. So his was the inability to find the word. He knew the word that he wanted, but he couldn't find it within his vocabulary to actually communicate it. Um, so like... I have you, that issue. Yeah, well, Mildly. you're a special case. <laughs> <laughs> did you want to talk about a little bit because i know we talked about it before when we before we came on the podcast um your upbringing mm -hmm. okay do you want to tell us a little bit about that like just general backstory and yeah um so obviously dan brought up the topic of foster care and i thought it was really cool to kind of when people hear the word foster care they tell or i tell them that i grew up in foster care they're like ooh, uh, sorry that sucks like you're shot um you're so shot. <laughs> i thought andrew yeah. shot us. <laughs> Wait, i said joining uh, zounds bro Zounds. get it right it's typed on your page zounds you i can almost read it? it's super dark in here i don't know how he's gonna read that circle it oh. give them a circle bring highlighters to the uh, there you go there you go that was my nipple you just circled but uh, oh sorry <laughs> i thought it was perfectly round yeah it's a good circle though not bad um a little background Sounds. on my childhood and like where my story started um i was so i have three other siblings um but only grew up with two of them didn't find out about the third until i was a senior in high school um so my younger brother and my older sister and i um were i was two years old my brother was one and my sister was six um when we were first taken away from our biological parents um gambit of reasons but we won't go into that um and we were put into the foster care system and we bounced around probably like four or five different homes at that time for probably over a year. Um, and again, I'm two years old, so I don't remember any of this. Um, my sister is the one who probably has most of the memories of this time. Um, so after about a year, my parents were able to gain custody again of us. So we went back with our parents. Um, and then a couple years go by. So now I'm five, my brother is four and my sister is eight. Um, and I guess something happened with my mom and she had to go to jail. So we were actually not, we didn't have a home at this time. Um, so the state came in again and took us away. So now I'm five years old and we show up to this new foster home where we were supposed to stay for 48 hours. Um, and it was 
the, the husband's birthday. It was May 18th, 1998. They were celebrating his birthday. It was the, the parents, the aunt, the uncle, the cousin. You know, it's a nice family gathering. We showed up at like 9 o'clock. Um, and 48 hours passed, and it was just my sister and I. And um, then we found out that we were going to stay with this family for the next 20 years of our lives. Um, and they found out that we had a brother. So they found our brother probably a week into staying with them, um, brought him to live with us. So then my brother, sister, and I grew up with Audrey and Bruce, our foster parents. Um, and they put us through school, sent us to college, went to summer camp every summer growing up. Um, we had a really, really great life, honestly. Um, but again, every time I told people like, oh, I grew up in foster care, they were like, oh, that sucks. And that kind of connotation should be changed because really we had so many opportunities given to us. And we had, I mean, m most of my college was paid for. My sister went to school. Her college was paid for. Um, my sister had leukemia when she was in eighth grade and all of her medical bills were paid by the state. Mm. So, yeah. Um, state of Connecticut definitely has its barriers and they have a, I don't know, the state system. I mean, you hear about the state system, mental health in Connecticut and they, I mean, terrible mental health system. But anyways, I'm going off on a tangent now. But yeah, I kind of just like ran through that real quick. That's kind of like general. Sure. I, I mean, obviously there's, there's, there's differences, but, uh, it seems like very adamant about breaking the stigma that's kind of created for foster care. Mm -hmm. Growing up, did, I mean, you were with kids that weren't in the foster system. Did you, they treat you differently? Was it a little bit, did you feel uneasy about that? Oh, I mean, were there times where you wish that you were just kind of respected for, um, the situation you were in and who you were and mm -hmm. your yeah. own personal. Um, it was definitely awkward. Like middle school, high schools, when you kind of, you get that you're self-conscious about everything and you care about what other people think. Um, and I always remember I was always into sports and going to sports games. Like my foster parents, they're older, much older. So they didn't really come to any of the like sports meets or anything like that. Um, and it's not because they didn't support us or they didn't care, just because that's not what they were really into, you know. Do you mind if I ask how old they were at that time? Um, when they took us in, they were, well, my mom is, what, 74 now? Um, so 20-some-odd years right. now. Right, a little bit later in life. Yeah, okay. yeah. They already had, like, they have three grown children, you know, so they already had their children. And again, we were supposed to be there for 48 hours. We were the first foster children that they ever took in. And they had no idea what they were signing up for. Wow. <laughs> and middle school is hard enough. I mean, I don't, I was stuffed in lockers and I wasn't in the foster care system at all. So I don't, yeah. it's probably That's very. you wore head to toe leather. I, and I looked good <laughs> in it. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> they were, he they was were just jealous. Me. He was he jealous. He could rock yeah. the leather. Um, so yeah, I mean, I do. Uh, yeah, yeah, and did that so factor weird. into <laughs> your social life at all, like growing mm. up or? Oh, uh, did no, they try I to bring? So did you try to like? Friends. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds. <laughs> um, no, I mean it was definitely always awkward, kind of explaining my situation to people. 
Um, and I was not as open about it in middle school or high school. Um, you know, now that's one of the first things that I, obviously I don't like just say, Hey, I'm Kayla. I'm a false child. You know, it's not how I introduce right. myself, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm more open about it now than I was then. Cause I mean, you're not growing up with parents like everybody else. And, but then again, looking back at it now, you know, everybody goes through, their own thing. So like some of my friends had parents who were divorced and you know, that's not normal either, but yeah, kind of growing up in the situation, it was a little tough to talk about. Um, but I have my close friends who supported me through it. And I think maybe the hardest thing too, was kind of explaining people because we had visitation rights with our biological parents up until we were 18 years old. And then when we were 18, we were given the choice of continuing to see them or kind of cutting off visitation with them and then taking it into our own will. Um, so growing up, like once a week, uh, we would go see our parents. We'd meet up at like the mall or we would have supervised visits with the social worker. Um, and then once my parents were able to regain custody, we would have like weekend visits with them where we would stay the weekend at their house. Um, but like, that's weird to grow up like that. You know, it's like, Oh, I'm going to see my parents on Wednesday. It's like, what do you mean? Like you don't live with your parents, but <laughs> mm. yeah. Um, you said once a week you had visits. Yeah. Okay. It's usually once a week. That's often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The relationship now, obviously is it, is it, um, do you mind if I ask, uh, what the dynamic is, you know, in your adult life with my biological yeah. parents. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really speak to my dad. Um, I probably spoke to him on my birthday mm -hmm. or Christmas. Right. Christmas was like the last time, like we'll call on holidays or birthdays and that's about it. Um, my mom, I talked to a little bit more often, but mainly because she's a pain in the ass and like doesn't <laughs> stop calling me ever, um, <laughs> ever, and then writes on my boyfriend's Facebook page. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, yeah. That was, that was funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great, really. <laughs> um, but I kind of keep the the relationship to just like, hey, how are you? I don't know. I don't necessarily want to have a relationship with them because. They didn't really give me anything, so. But I always feel guilty, so I'm like, oh shit, they're my parents. Like I have to check in and make sure they're doing okay. Because if something ever happened, like I'd feel like a jerk. But do you think that shaped you differently growing up, as opposed maybe you saw other how other people were raised, and it's like I don't know what your reaction would be. Um, but now that you're older and you look back, do you do you see how you were molded into? your adult self through that experience. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I remember one time, you know, those table topic cards, they have different questions on them. Po Pokemon them? cards. No, no, no. Magic table cards. topic. All right. Anyway, somebody asked me a question <laughs> on one of those and it was, um, if you could, would you change where you came from? Or like, could you, would you change your past? And I was like, absolutely not. And everybody's like, really? Like, no, definitely not. Cause it's a hundred percent, why I am the way that I am today. Like I would not be, I think I'm very open-minded and I'm very like kind of flexible and 
you know, my tattoo, say la vie, such is life, like shit happens. Like mm-hmm. things are never going to go the way that you want them to. And I realized that at a young age and I think it made me kind of very, um, real. Yeah. What do you think of the, uh, the, how the foster care system is set up in the United States? In Connecticut, we do have a good foster care system. Um, but I do think it also depends on where in within Connecticut you are placed. Um, I mean, the difference in just economics between maybe Waterbury and Trumbull, right? There's some more money in these towns. So if you're placed with a family that is more well-to-do. Oh, so it's, it's more about like the family's agency, what resources they have than mm-hmm. as opposed to okay. so each town within connecticut has a um office well i'm not sure if it's every single town um but like there's a danbury foster care office and like that's where my social workers were out of and so i was placed in bethel even though we're coming from waterbury but then like waterbury has a separate office where they have different um social workers also so I mean, if you're placed in, again, this is generalized, but if I'm placed in a foster home in Waterbury, the odds of me being in a home where there's multiple other children in lower economic status of the family is more likely than being placed in a home in Bethel or Trumbull with one child, you know? Um, And so I think maybe that's where the system needs to get better is not um, focus on more focus being put towards having one child or one set of siblings with a couple or a family opposed to there's a lot of like group homes out there. There's a lot of foster parents who take in multiple different children Mm. Um, and that's where the children kind of get lost in the system. And that's where these kids aren't getting the resources that they need um, because Unfortunately, too, um, some people out there become foster parents just for the money that they're getting. And again, it's not a lot of money, but you do get paid from the state to support the the child or children that you're taking in. So you get money to pay for food for them. Um, So there are people out there who will take advantage and say, yeah, I want to like I'll take in a foster child and they can take the money and then they can use it on whatever they want. And And those are usually the people who treat the foster child like crap. Right. Classic. So it sounds like a real game of chance, you know, for a lot of the the kids Mm -hmm. out there. That's, yeah. I don't, there's definitely a topic that I feel like the general population doesn't really know about or even bothers to understand. There's right. really a whole mm-hmm. lot of representation. Yeah, this is all media. pretty much new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard anything, you know, mm. about that. Um, uh, do you think that you have a little bit more contrition, you know, or um, understanding now and has it shaped your way to become like an occupational therapist or anything like that? Like, um, I think – I. I think becoming an occupational therapist was kind of always part of who I am. Um, I don't know. Well, actually, nope, that's a lie. So direct correlation between being a foster child and becoming an occupational therapist was being placed in the home that I was. Um, Again, because Audrey and Bruce were older, um, A, I had that connection with the elderly population. Like I had one of my patients tell me one day, um, you know, like, your sense of humor is similar to ours or like, you know, I can 
get along with them because I've been dealing with older people, (laughs) (laughs) more or less. Um, And then, like, when my dad got sick, taking care of him was... It was my job, not my job, but you know, I took right. it as, as my like your job. And, job. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's really funny that you say that. I, um, because Kelsey, my girlfriend, you know, she works with uh, mm-hmm. geriatric uh, patients. Her job is dance movement therapy, so all day she's working to stimulate movement within people that have decreased motor function and decreased cognitive function. So it's it's kind of hard. And I, I've seen videos in like Nordic countries and parts of Europe where it's embedded in the culture to take care of mm-hmm. their elderly and not mm-hmm. so much in America. We really no. kind of throw them to homes and then yep. it's, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and I really feel uh, unless you're in, really inside that and you see that, I, I mean, I've, Kelsey's told me these stories and it's, you know, it's, it's amazing to see the impact she's made. And I don't think she recognizes it at times, or I'm mm-hmm. sure the same for you, you know, right. you go home and I think maybe it's in hindsight, you're like, wow, mm-hmm. this is, I'm actually making, this is a serious difference that right. a lot of people are not, uh, stepping up or mm-hmm. taking the time to even register. So. Right. And it's sad in like the skilled nursing setting, you see a lot of long-term patients that they don't have family members coming to visit them like ever. Their family just kind of put them there and that's where they stay. That's so sad. That's mm-hmm. sad. That's really sad. And like the only interaction they're getting is with the people who work there. That's crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is crazy. If you were in charge, let me, I'm going to put, mm-hmm. you have the big boy hat on, big okay. girl hat on. You are now in charge <laughs> of everything. Okay. Would you create <laughs> big boy, girl? I'm sorry. It's just it's very dark in here. I forgot yeah. who's who. <laughs> Genders are whatever. But, um, Let's say you're in charge of you have total autonomy, mm-hmm. but obviously you don't want to be too authoritarian. Mm-hmm. Um, would you? What would you do to create more of a, uh, a friendly environment between you know the younger people and the elder community, the older community? Hmm. Um, well, I know there are like certain schools that will come visit um, nursing homes. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think we do it in all of them in Connecticut, but I know the facility that I'm at right now, they'll have like volunteers from the elementary school come in and work with the elderly population and they'll just maybe sit down and they'll color pictures together. But if you bring in an elementary student and have them come in like once or twice a month and, and sit with the old people or like read them a story or like color, then you're starting them off at a young age and you're put like kind of throwing them in there yeah. saying mm-hmm. like this wow. is a good relationship to have and you should kind of carry these morals and values with you as you grow and i mean you want to kind of start at the beginning so right childhood started there um and maybe even hey children who are in like foster care having them as like community service um hours go to a nursing home and volunteer with the the elderly population there. But thank you so much, uh, Kayla. We'd like to thank Kayla for being on the podcast today. We very much appreciate it. Uh, and thanks, Kayla. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Enlightening us to her wonderful story. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any parting words for our listeners at home? My words of advice were live your life, you know, That's every a- day. Inspiring bumper sticker. You know, I'm all about the cliches. You're a real piece of, you know that, right? You fucking sounding. We're going. (laughs) We will uh, copyright that, so no one steal that. Live your life.
someone at home is like, wow, that's amazing. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, I never even thought about it. I haven't that. been living at all. Welcome. <laughs> Changes that person's life forever. <laughs> like, I want yeah. this podcast. What this woman said to live my life, but I was living my life. Do you really want some words of wisdom right now? No, keep that. That's great. Mm-hmm, exactly. The way your nostrils just <laughs> flared right there, you she look like an irate dragon. So um, I'm going to get on She of beats both me beast. and Dan up on the daily, so she will beat you up too. Dude, that's <laughs> that stare she has. That yeah. is definitely a thousand miles. I can't stare. wear short I can't. sleeves for a couple weeks. Because <laughs> she beats me up. Well. But, but the joke like, was, if you heard it. So. What do we accept? Well, have fun. Oh, we accept short stories, abstracts from your experiment that failed. Um, we we also like legal documents. Super into that legal jargon. We'll take um, the uh, <laughs> anecdote from an alien when you went to outer space and you you met him on Mars and he told you about a coffee shop he stopped in on, on Venus. It was pretty pretty wild. We um, we Venus accept screenplay synopsis. <laughs> we accept um, divorce hearings. We accept um, alibis for for crimes that have may or may not been committed. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And we also accept magic elixirs, ale recipes, tales from the crusades, and plague themed jokes. Uh, please submit all stories to tailtimepodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd happen to re- prefer reading your own piece on the podcast yourself, please let us know and we'd be happy to reach out to you. 